0: You're listening to the weekly podcast of Liberty Baptist Church in Bristol, Connecticut. We pray you enjoy today's message. Well, good morning. My name is Dustin. I'm the lead pastor here at Liberty. I'm so grateful for you to join us today. Thank you for being with us. Let's just give God another hand of praise this morning. What a wonderful time of worship. Before we get started into our message today, I'd like to introduce a friend of mine, Uh, Zach, if you'll stand, I don't want to embarrass Monica, and she already has to claim to be your wife, so this is my friend Zach. Some of you met him, he came over for a family day, and we've got a great history, and I won't share all that this morning, but I should? Okay, I should. So many, many moons ago, oh no, a couple years ago, whenever we were looking to hire our next youth pastor, uh, I interviewed Zach for a position here. Uh, from California and we talked for a while and it's was like, man, this is, this is, I don't think this is going to be a fit, Zach. I'm sorry. You know, we're going to have to move on. Well, lo and behold, God had it in his plan for his life to eventually move up here and become a church planner with the Sins Network and is now training with a friend of mine, Adrian Ferrari, that many of you have met uh, in, a, in a church in where is it? Killingly? Where? Danielson? Danielson, Connecticut uh, and he's planting. You guys, have you guys identified where you're planting yet? Uh, they're planting a church over on the east side of Connecticut. And once he moved up here, we got connected again and become really good friends. And so I want you to do something for me. Uh, We're going to be praying for Zach and Monica. They plan to launch this fall, right? Next spring. spring, I'm sorry. They plan to launch next spring. So we're going to be playing for their church plant. Uh, There may be a time I ask, hey, would anybody like to go to church in East Connecticut one day? And let's just go support them and uh, maybe pass out flyers, let people know that their church is there. And so we're going to be praying for them. So Zach Monica, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate having you. Go and be seated. At this time, we'll dismiss our kids to junior church, three years old to third grade. Three years old to third grade, make your way to the front of the auditorium, off to the side over here, and it looks like Miss Susie is going to take you downstairs today for a lesson at your level. That will be phenomenal. And uh, Miss uh, Susie also mentioned uh, Promotion Sunday, so next week, parents, just so you're, hey, Maddie, how are you? I see this is the excitement we need. I missed him last week. I knew it. Yes. Okay. Bye, sweetheart. Um, They're awesome, aren't they? It's really not good to distract the distractible guy. Um, Junior church promotion, that's what it was. Junior church promotion next week, it means that if your child just completed third grade next week, they are in the service with you. All right, Uh, so if they just completed third grade this last semester, they are in the service with you. And also starting next week, those who just finished sixth grade will move up into the youth group and uh, and so on and so forth. They'll handle the rest of it downstairs, but I just want to make sure we are clear and aware of that. Well, open your Bibles, please, to 1 Peter chapter 2. I-, I love what God's doing at Liberty, so many great things. Uh, we had nine baptisms at Easter, we've had three baptisms in the last couple weeks, we have a couple people joining the church today, uh, and then also we are launching our summer life groups today. we are got our signups going, we have one week left of our regularly scheduled life groups, uh, and then we are going to take two weeks off from your regular scheduled programming. So no children's ministry, no youth ministry, no groups, no service on Wednesday night for two weeks uh, where we're going to give our teachers a break, our group leaders a break, take some time to refresh and gear up for summer. Uh, On June 28th, the children's program will begin along with the youth group going back and our life groups as well. And we have five groups to offer you this semester. I'm praising God for that because this is the first time we've ever had more, we've had four before. This is the first time we've had five. What does that mean? That means there have been people that have stepped up and said, Pastor, I'm going to take that next step in my discipleship journey to lead a life group and to help others grow closer to God and grow closer to each other. And so I'm excited about that. I'll share those with you at the end of the service, but if you haven't taken part in a life group, you need to do so. It's very straightforward with you. If all you're getting of church is Sunday morning attendance, you're not getting all God has for you when it comes to being a part of a community of believers. Because you can't get connected well just sitting here. But in 1 Peter chapter 2 this morning, we're continuing our series on being set apart. And the word holiness is what we've been talking about, being set apart for God. Now, if you've not been with us along this journey, I, I will let you know this is this epistle, this letter was written by the Apostle Peter who walked with Christ, and it was written about 64 AD, so about 30 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus, and it was written to non-Jewish believers in what we now call modern-day Turkey in the northern region there. Now, it's important to know this context, especially for one of the uh, passages we'll see today. It was non-Jewish believers. And in this passage that we're going to look at, we're going to see how he talks about submitting to your potential. Have you ever been told you're not living up to your potential? Ever been told you've got such great potential, I wish you would go after it? What usually comes after that? You need to work harder. You need to do more. You need to achieve more. You need to do all these things in order to live up to this great potential that you have inside you that's seen by someone else. But the Bible, while not opposed to hard work and a good work ethic, the Bible has a different prescription for fulfilling your potential that Christ has for you. And Jesus and Peter both spoke of this. You see, the world says to achieve your potential, you must work hard and grind. But Jesus said to reach your potential, you must submit and serve. Matthew chapter 20, verses 26 through 28. Jesus said, but it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Now, it doesn't just mean pastor. The word minister translates it to servant. And whosoever will be chief among you, Let him be your servant, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and give his life a ransom for many. The Christian life is not about doing more to be great for God. It's about submitting to God and let him determine how great you will be. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. And a society that promotes exaltation of self through selfies and viral videos and whatever other means that we tell people how awesome our lives is, we as Christians, as followers of Jesus, have been called to live a life of submission and service, not of self-exaltation. But how do we do that, though? Well, there are four areas of our lives. Yes, I have four points today, so we should be getting out of here by 2 p.m. Y'all know I spoke spoke at a graduation on Friday night and they said, hey, you have 15 to 20 minutes. I said, I'm a Baptist pastor. I don't know what that means. But we have four areas of our lives that I believe we have to submit to God in order for him to elevate us to wherever he would have us. And those four areas are, are, are these. We have to submit to God our heart. We have to submit our image. We have to submit our freedom And we have to submit our pride. Now, Eli, go ahead and take us back there to the first point before we get all the way to the end. If I said one of those and it made you twitch a bit, like, oh, I don't want to talk about that, this message is for you. Now, if you're here today and you heard those and you're all submitted up, yeah, this is for you too. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you're not a follower of Jesus, and this message is definitely for you. You see, today I want you to walk away understanding the honor and privilege it is to live a life for Jesus. And I pray you feel compelled to do so because of what we'll see today. I want you to know that a life submitted to God is an honorable life no matter how many people will try to dishonor you for it. You can choose to submit your wills and desires to Jesus despite what others say. Because when you know that a life submitted to Jesus is honorable, when you pursue after him, then you can help make the name of Jesus well-revered, respected, and proclaimed without shame. But to do this, to reach our potential in Christ, we have to submit these four principles. We have to first submit our heart to God. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, he writes and says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you, I beg you, I plead with you, is what that word means, as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. Now remember the audience he's speaking to. These are non-Jewish people in modern-day Turkey. He's not addressing their ethnicity He's not telling them to live as Jews in a non Jewish country. He's speaking to them as strangers and pilgrims based upon their faith in Jesus. We often talk about the countercultural nature of Christianity. Christianity is countercultural today, and it has been even since the first century. It's no surprise that Peter would call them strangers and pilgrims because to follow after Jesus. Compared to anyone else in the world, it, it should look different. If we had someone from, let's just say, Scotland in here, and he was wearing a kilt, that would be a little strange to us, because we don't wear kilts. All right, I should about to go a whole different direction about men and dresses, but I'm going to pause, and we're going to keep going, okay? But that shouldn't happen either. Anyways, it would look strange, right? It would look weird. You see, it may look weird for you to live your life as a Christian. It may seem odd to people that you give of your money over to the church to to honor God and to bless Him so that His word can go forth. It may seem weird that you'll forgive someone when they cut you off in traffic. I'm sorry. As Christians, we should forgive those who cut us off in traffic. Just for those that didn't laugh with us your life will seem weird and strange to people that are not followers of Jesus. At least it should. But to do so, we we can't pursue after the fleshly lust, the sinful desires of our own hearts, our our internal passion that contradicts the word of God. You see, when our hearts are submitted to God, our actions will follow. Let me share a story with you. Sarah and I met uh, the summer before junior year of high school. We've been together a while. And um, during our our time of dating, and even married now, but let's go back to our time of dating, uh, I would often be around her. If we were not at work or we were not in uh, in school, we were together. Now, I'm going to pause here for just a minute. Young people and parents, I'm going to talk to you be careful with the amount of time you allow your teenagers to spend with those they're in a relationship with. They can develop an unhealthy attachment that can lead to emotional problems then and in the future. I can say that because I had an unhealthy emotional attachment to my attractive girlfriend. That was my wife at the time, just so we're clear. And I would spend all this time with her. And when I wasn't around her I would talk about her or I would write notes we just saw one of those reels on Facebook, and any of you '90s kids, you can laugh with me here. It was like things from the '90s or early 2000s. You guys remember those notes that were folded up and like tucked in, and you like had to unfold it and get it out and all that stuff? Can you believe we did that stuff? Nowadays, it just send a text. You guys don't get the cool stuff. But I would write those little notes, and she'd write me, and people would see that. And I was a, what, I was a 16 year old I was a 16 year old boy. Let me tell you, I was more than willing to show some PDA. People knew we were together. You see, I had given her my heart. And my actions showed that to everyone that was around me. Because she had my heart, the actions followed. And that everyone saw. See, when your heart is submitted to God, the actions of your life are going to represent that. And it's going to be strange and different to those that haven't. You see, it was strange for me, the the guy that had an amazing girlfriend, uh, to to have given my heart to her and to do all these things for someone who didn't have a girlfriend as amazing or who didn't have a girlfriend at all. they look, man, that's weird. Why would you do that? That's crazy. That's odd. The same comments are going to be made to you as you live your Christian life submitted to God. Or they should be. Because when your heart is submitted to God, your actions will follow. And no matter... Or I'm sorry, and once your heart is submitted to God, you've got to be willing to submit your image to God. 1 Peter 2.12 says, having your conversation. Now in the King James, conversation means lifestyle. Honest among the Gentiles. That whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. All right. People can say you are an evildoer. They can say you're homophobic. They can say that you are a bigot. They can say that you're sexist. They can say all these things about you. The question is, do your actions support their claims? You see, I could say I'm frugal, but if you give me $100 and send me into you know, some sports store, I'm probably not going to be as frugal as I should be. Of course, $100, bucks. i am getting, what, a hat? However, and what's that show? My actions don't support the claim. See, a person can tell me as pastor of Liberty Baptist Church, and it's happened, you're homophobic. But then I ask them, well, what do you mean? Well, you don't like gay people. What have I done to show I don't like gay people? Well, they can't be a part of your church. That's not true. Any member of the LGBTQ can be here. And I'll poke fun at them as much as I'll poke fun at a straight person. It ain't any different. We will love. We will show kindness to every person that Jesus Christ died for. But because you express your disagreement with some things in this life, people are going to look at you and say things about you. They're going to think unkindly of you. Until the day of visitation. Now, the day of visitation, some scholars argue over what this means. It either means when Jesus returns or when Jesus visits them for salvation, when the Holy Spirit begins to work in their hearts. It was was Mahatma Gandhi who said, I would become a Christian if it weren't for Christians. Yeah, right? You see, when a person is approached by you as a Christian, they they already have an idea of what a Christian is in their head. And what's that based off of? Jesus? Nope. Not at all. It's based off of the people who have claimed to be Christians and how they have treated them and how they have acted in their life. You notice what Peter wrote. He did did not say that by your good works you will be glorified and known to be a good person. It's by your good works and the way you choose to live your life that you will see, or I'm sorry, that they will see how good God is and choose to follow him because your actions, when you claim the name of Jesus, represent more than just yourself. We were taught in the Marine Corps that if we ever go out and do anything, you'll never see your name in the headline of the paper. Marines are infamous for causing trouble. And it was true, because my time in the Marine Corps, I saw guys get into the newspapers, but the headline didn't read, Dustin Alley DUI. Dustin Alley caught with drugs, a Marine. A Marine did this. You see, when people see your actions, it's just not seeing your name, they're seeing a follower of Jesus did this thing. You represent more than just yourself, and this has been true throughout time. Have you ever heard of an Indian named Red Jacket? Had Neither. Read about him last week. Red Jacket was a Native American chief that attended a council in upstate New York, a Buffalo Creek area. And he heard a gospel message from a missionary from the Boston Missionary Society named Mr. Cram. Mr. Cram came, he presented the gospel to everyone there, and Red Jacket stood and said, Brother, you say that there is but one way to worship the Great Spirit. If there's but one religion, why do you white people differ so much about it? Why not all agree as you can all read the book. He continued on. Brother, we are told that you have been preaching to the white people in this place. These are our neighbors. We are acquainted with them. We will wait a little while and see what effect your preaching has upon them. If we find, this, if we find it does them good, makes them honest, and less disposed to cheat Native Americans, we will then consider again of what you said. They did not reject the gospel based upon the truth of it, based upon the love of Jesus. They were rejecting the gospel and examining it based upon the people who follow Jesus and how they live. To be holy and to be set apart from God is to be willing to submit your heart and your image to him so people can think whatever they want to think as you follow Jesus. We can't have the attitude of I'll do what I want and I don't care what anyone thinks. You have to care. You have to be concerned. Because it's not about you. It's about Him. What you post online is a reflection of you as a Christian, not just as an individual. Oh, I got quiet. Young people, what you say in a text message that no one else reads or in a snap that gets deleted reflects more upon Jesus than it does you. Parents and the... In the, in the home, how you parent and how you love on your spouse reflects to your children who Jesus is more than it does who you are. Let me tell you, the, and we and, and can of be transparent with you? Number one, I think you all should know this. If you don't, I'll call Sarah. I'm not perfect. I preach principles and truths that I break from time to time. Do you know how concerned I am for my children? Because I get to stand up here and I preach the word of God. And I preach the principles and truths of the scripture of God. And I try to do as honest and transparent with you as I can. To know this is an imperfect stick. God's trying to use to draw a straight line. But I was just seeing a reel the other day of a man who said my dad was an evangelist. And the guy I saw on the platform versus the guy I saw in my house were two different people. Parents? Oh, he was an atheist by the way. Why? Because Jesus had abandoned him? Because the truth of the gospel wasn't there? Not at all. But because who he saw representing Jesus in his life wasn't doing that great a job of it. We have to be willing to submit our image to God, be seen differently, do things differently, parent differently. Hey, parents, just let me say something right now. I said this on a podcast recently, um, and I like it, so I'm going to say it. And teenagers, you might hate me after this, but that's okay. We'll get along one day. Get a backbone and take the phone. It's not a right. It doesn't provide them any sort of nourishment. They can live without it. Hold up now. Hold up. Y'all ready for this? Buckle up. So can you. Yeah. But Pastor, all my friends are going to have one, and I have one. I have to have a cell phone. Submit your image to God. Let them call you foolish and weird and honor him more than yourself. But we don't like to be called crazy. I'm from the South living in New England. I expect it. The third area of our life we have to be willing to submit to God is our freedom. Now, as a red-blooded American from the South, just let me tell you, this is the one. I was like, ugh, I don't like this. Peter wrote, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Whether it be to the king as supreme and to governors as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. I told y'all my story about watching the Patriot in 2020, right? I had to turn it off or I'd been in Hartford getting arrested. We as Americans can often develop an americanized view of christianity and believe it's right because that's what we see around us but we are to submit our own freedom to those over us for the lord's sake now i'm not telling you if they say you can't preach jesus stop preaching jesus that's not what i said Because I have the example of Peter and John in Acts chapter 4. But Peter and John answered, speaking to the authorities that were over them. And they said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than God, judge ye. You decide if I should listen to you or God. But we can't speak, or we can't but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Now, you can tell us to stop preaching the gospel, but guess what we're going to keep doing? Preaching the gospel. It's important for us in the areas where God speaks to obey him over man. But it's also important for us to remember our actions towards our government and its officials reflect Christ and not just our political party. Don't come at me, Pastor, I get shadow banned on Facebook because of all this stuff. They sell these things in stores. How can it this, that, and the other? Hey, guys, listen, the world's been going to hell in a handbasket for a long time. But we don't have it as bad as many places do. Sometimes we tune out the atrocities towards religion and Christianity and other parts of the world. I'd like to bring one to your attention right now. In North Korea, the New York Post reported, along with many other sources, that a two-year-old, was sentenced to life in prison after the officials found his family with a Bible. The pastor, if we don't stand up and fight, that's, that's what we could face. If you knew socialism would bring about a great revival in America towards Christianity, would you let it happen? So when we start talking about submitting to God, we get real quiet. Because when our lives become about him, not about us, all those things we like, want, and enjoy, they don't matter anymore. As many as 70,000 Christians are imprisoned in North Korea, according to a new International Religious Freedom Report by the U.S. State Department. And this article isn't from years ago. March or May is when this was written. When we think of the restrictions that are placed on us as followers of Christ, we could begin to push back and say, why am I going to do this anyway? Why would I follow Jesus if I'm just going to have to stop doing all these things that I enjoy and that I love and this, that, and the other? Let me ask you something. Um, How old do you have to be to drive in Connecticut? 16? 16 and a half? What is it? 16. Okay. 15, you get a permit? Yeah, looking at teenagers, but then y'all are shaking my head. No, no. What? Legally, thank you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to get to that. <laughs> 16 for a permit, really? And then when do you get your license, 17? Oh, 16 and a half. Okay. So, so there's only six months of a permit process. That could explain some issues around here, y'all. I was 15 when I got my permit. I was 16 when I got my license. But at 12 years old, Memo and I were in the 88 Oldsmobile with no power steering driving around the back roads east Tennessee while she smoked a pack of Marlboro Reds. And now she didn't let me go everywhere. We had a circle we drove around and I I'm 12 years old, y'all driving this cruise ship of a car. The steering wheel's as like big as I am. And he, how many of y'all have ever driven a car with no power steering? Right? Many of you, right? We, if you've never done that, you are taking your power steering pump for granted, okay? What the All the way around this circle, right? Now, when I did that, she, she let me drive, but she told me, you, you got to keep it below a certain mile per hour, and, and you can't jerk me around while I'm smoking. <laughs> now, what if I would looked at her and said, well, ma'am, oh, I'm going to drive 60, and we're going like a dune buggy. It's going to be a blast. What would she have said? what? I don't, never mind. <laughs> She'd said no. In short, I wouldn't have been able to drive. Teenagers, when you when you get your license, your parents are probably going to tell you, hey, listen, you got your license now, and here's the keys to a car, but you got to be home at this time. You can only go here. You can only have these people with you, or you can't have these people with you. You're You're not going to be able to do this or that. And then you have the decision to look at them and say, oh, you don't trust me. I don't want to. I just want to drive. Ah." I think y'all laughing. You know you act like that. Okay, I've seen it. Or you have the the privilege and opportunity to say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, because that's what we teach in the South. Take the keys and go obey. Because if you're not obeying what's been placed upon you, then you don't get the freedom that's given to you. You see, we are given freedom in Christ with the choice as to whether or not we're going to obey. Some of us like to push back against it. Let me ask you something. Would, if this is like, record this, salvation is by grace through faith. It's not dependent upon your works. If God said to be saved, you have to do this, that, and the other, would you say, you know what, I'll just do it so that I can be saved? Because there's a ton of cults and religions out there that do just that. But we as Christians, with a Bible that says salvation's by grace through faith and not of works, lest any man should boast, that Jesus took care of it all on the cross, we hear anything that says you can't go out and party, you can't have a bad example, you've got to obey your government, you've got to submit to other people, you have to serve, we go, well, I'm saved by grace, I don't have to do that. You're right. You don't. But you've been given a freedom in Christ that if that's your heart and that's your attitude, you don't understand. Because of Jesus, we submit our physical freedom to the ordinances and rulers over us. Because of Christ, we submit our actions, our decisions, and our lives to Him. Not so that we may be known, but so that He may be known. So that we can represent him well. So when a person hears about a Christian or about the gospel or the name of Jesus, they can think, I remember someone that said they did that and they loved me at a time when no one else did. Not someone who could say, I remember arguing with them on Facebook about a political matter. We submit our image to God. Lastly, we submit our pride to God. 1 Peter 2, 15-17 says, For so is the will of God, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Peter just stamps the end of this passage with a period of something that has been going through this entire message. Submit your pride to God. You know, many of us as followers of Jesus, I don't think you'd ever make this statement. You'd never say, Jesus, I trust you with my eternal soul, but don't touch my day-to-day. Like, that would be silly. We would never say that. But are we living that way? So where our, our day-to-day lives don't reflect Jesus. And not just our day-to-day lives, but, you know, those things that nobody ever sees. Do they reflect Jesus? Submitting our pride starts with submitting our heart. Because God cares more about your heart than what you're doing. Now I'm going to make a statement, and y'all stay with me and don't throw stones yet. I don't believe God wants your behavior to change. I believe God wants your heart. And when you give him your heart, your behavior will change. Because there's times in the Bible where God talks about things he likes. At one point, he speaks about giving. And he doesn't say, I love those that give unto me. He says, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. You see, if it was just about the things you did, God would say, I love that they did this act for me. Give, serve, whatever it is. God loves a cheerful giver. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 10, I the Lord search the heart and try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. You see, you come up here and give a million dollars to the church and bless God if you do. I'll take it. But if you're doing it with a heart that's like, "Ah, ah, 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 ah," Tim Allen style, then you're, you're just doing things. God doesn't want you to just do things. He wants your heart. And when you give him your heart, your actions will change. Your actions as a spouse will change. Your actions as a teenager and as a college student are going to change. Your actions as a father and as a mother are going to change. Your life will change when you give Jesus your heart. But it's not as simple as just saying a prayer. Your salvation is as simple as believing But your sanctification is dependent upon your willingness to submit to Jesus. You submit your heart. You submit your image. You submit your freedom. And submit your pride to God. You see, it's not when you've done so much, you'll find your potential in Christ. It's when you've submitted everything. He will grow you into your potential. Would you bow with me, please? At the end of every message, we have what's known as the time of response. It's an opportunity for you to respond to the message you've heard today as the Holy Spirit's worked in your heart. It was pretty quiet while I was preaching. You all seemed quite attentive. It's probably because you're like me. And there's an area of your life that you need to submit over to the Lord. What is it? Would you confess that right now? God, I've, I've, I've taken this back from you, and Lord, I want you to have it. Maybe you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus. Or maybe you thought following Jesus was about all the things you did. I've shared with you today how that's just not true. Your salvation, your relationship with God is not dependent upon your work. It is dependent upon what he did on the cross. God sent his son Jesus to die for you. And on the third day he was was raised from the dead. He paid a penalty you could not pay. And God said, by faith in him, you shall be saved. And if you're here this morning, and you've been trying to work to be perfect, for God to accept you, if you've been trying to work for your salvation, let me take a burden off of your back right now. You can't do it, because Jesus already did. And if you'd like to trust him as your savior this morning, make the choice to Believe in his death, burial, and resurrection as your only hope for heaven. You choose to submit to him. And you could confirm that with a prayer. The words of the prayer is not all that important. It's what's in your heart. And you you could say something like this, though. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead on the third day. And I trust you as my Savior. That's it. If you choose to believe in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, the Bible says you're saved. And I'd love to talk to you about that after the service. Christians, if you're here this morning, you, you probably had a week like I did. It was busy you had some things going on and in the hustle and bustle of life you took your eyes off Christ maybe for a moment and you weren't submitted to him don't make excuses for yourself let's confess that to the Lord say God I want to submit these areas to you and walk out of here today walk out of here today with a commitment to be a little more like Christ as the Holy Spirit works in your heart Heavenly Father God thank you for your word thank you for the truth of Scripture I thank you for Jesus most of all Lord, there's not a one of us today who is perfect in these areas So, God, I pray that each one of us has been convicted and will bring to you those areas that need to be submitted. I pray we'll seek reconciliation with someone who maybe we have dishonored your name with. And, God, I pray that you'll use each person that's here this morning, each person hearing my voice online to represent you well, to be set apart, to be submitted so that you can elevate us into the potential that you have for us, which is far greater than what we could ever achieve on our own. God, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, a couple of uh, announcements for you. Thank you for your time and your attention this morning. I'd like to um, uh, share a couple things. We do have our Legacy Lunch following the service today. For those that are 55 and up, if you'd like to come down, it'll be a great time. There's a hymn sing following with uh, Jordan. He'll be leading that. Um, Do us a favor, please. Uh, If you are going to that, uh, wait a few minutes after the service. Allow junior church to be dismissed and the parents to get their kids, and then come on in. We'll have the music going, and we can set up, and and we'll have a good time there. Um, Our life groups are launching today, and sign-ups are in the back of the room. The books are back there with them, and we have five. Uh, We have one off to the side over here called Tell Someone. This is an evangelism life group to learn more about how to share the gospel with someone. Uh, And then you have A Gentle and Lowly. This book I've been reading devotionally over the last few months. This book is phenomenal. It's written by a guy that just does a deep dive into the heart of Christ. And if you'd like to know more about Jesus' heart, that is the study that you're going to want to go to on June 28th at 630. It is phenomenal. It is great. Um, Miss Kim Mariani is teaching one Um, It's from Tabernacle, right? It's about the tabernacle, being about Christ And focusing on fellowship with him and others Is that right? Yes, okay, good Close enough, right? Um, But it's sign-up sheet is back here. That is a ladies' group, and we'd love to invite you to that. So anytime we provide a ladies' group, I always like to provide a men's group on the side of it to allow that to happen. And I'm very excited for uh, this one. We're repeating one we've done before and opening up a ladies' group. So we have two ladies' groups and one one men's group. So Kim is teaching on fellowship and from the tabernacle and seeing Jesus there. And then these other two... um, How many of you men, not many of you did it, did SoulCon with us last time we did that? There's just a couple of you that are out there. Ryan's talking and not raising his hand for him, but Eric, Ryan, Dave. In fact, all the men that did SoulCon are talking right now. Thanks so much, guys. Anyways, (laughs) Uh, but no, um, we went through this together. This is a uh, six-week study. that puts a focus on putting your soul under control of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to approach a number of different topics here and things that I I won't approach because of the age that is in the room, but uh, it is for you to grow. But part of that, like the Bible teaches fasting is a means of you submitting physically to submit better spiritually, this has a diet and workout plan associated with it. And none other than Tim Terliger is partnering with me on this group. The big guy, that's Tim, in case you didn't know. The one that works out all the time. So we're going to have a great time learning to put our souls under control of the Holy Spirit. I lost 15 to 20 pounds and learned so much whenever I went through that. Ladies, when we went through it, I had ladies coming to the pastor. We should do something like that for us. So guess what? We got one. I've got Carolyn is going to be leading that one and someone I haven't confirmed with yet, so I won't share her name. But is going to be leading that one. Six-week study. And this is called C4, you're created for more, but putting the same focus, to put your soul under control of the Holy Spirit, to be who God created you to be. The books are back there, the sign-up sheets are back there. Dave Popple is in South America touring Peru or something, so he couldn't be here today. Yeah, we all feel bad for Dave, don't we? Yeah, okay. Uh, but afterwards, Jordan's going to make his way back there, and then uh, I'll be back there for just a moment, and, we'll, and Miss Kim will make her way back there. And you can sign up. You can ask us about the books and talk about them and things. June 28th at 630 is, is when those start. Uh, we're going to have uh, – most of them are going to be here, and then the other locations are still being worked out. But just so you know, the, the groups, when we get together, we're not working out for those two that's not what that is will be accountability and more and study and stuff so but please make your way back there to sign up for those it's very important because part of our our mission here is to grow closer to God and each other well that's how we do that and to be fully engaged into the church that you have decided is your church as Liberty Baptist this is part of it and and Submitting some time on a Wednesday night at 6.30 is a great way to do that. Uh, last thing I want to share with you is parents, three years old to sixth grade. I'd like to have a short meeting with you following the service. We'll go right down here. Parents of children, three years old through sixth grade. If you have one, two, or 50 at either end of, inside of that, I'd love to talk to you uh, about our summer programming. And so will be down here, three years old through sixth grade, right after the service. You can bring her, too. I'll talk to her. Um, but go ahead and come down here. All right. All right. Last thing I've got. David, if you make way, Miss Kelly, if you want to come on up. David, if you'll come up here. Uh, this is David Black and Ms. Kelly Stengel. This is Mike's sister. Uh, they have uh, come uh, to join our church. Uh, they have both trusted Jesus as their Savior. I've heard their testimony. They've been baptized by submersion in a church of like faith and would like to become members of Liberty Baptist. So if you'd receive the membership, would you please say Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, Mike Kelly, or no, I'm sorry, Dave Kelly, if you guys will have a seat up front here. I'd love for people to come introduce themselves. Please come by and say hello after the service and get to know them a bit. All right, let's stand. We're going to sing our... Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.